Well, my name is Patrick. And I'm Sam. And a few weeks ago, Jared came up to me and asked me if me and Sam would be willing to co-preach tonight. And I said, well, you know that I will, but I'm not going to answer for Sam, so I'm going to let you talk to him or I'll talk to him uh, later. And so by the time I had gotten to Bible class that morning, Sam walked up to me and said, hey, I just want to let you know you and I are going to co-preach on Wednesday, October, August the 26th. And so here we are. I know October, right? So uh, we are very humbled by this. This is something that a father can only dream and pray about, that one day uh, he and his son will be able to uh, sit next to one another or stand next to each other and preach. And we talked about different things that we want to do tonight, and we decided instead of me getting up and preaching a little bit and Sam doing that, and obviously Sam said, you're going to preach longer than I'm going to preach. And so we decided just to sit up here tonight and converse and talk with one another about faith. I hope you've been encouraged this summer as we've gone through our series on faith, a faith that Peter says is more precious than gold. Uh, Luke read that uh, to us a moment ago from 1 Peter 1. And it's also, it poses that question, so if we have a faith that's more precious than gold, then really the question that I really struggle and wrestle with over the years is this, what am I going to do with my faith? What am I going to do with the faith that God has given me and has been handed down to me through the generations? What will that look like through the years and how will that have an impact not just on family but also on others as well? And I hope and pray that that is a question that each of us as people of faith, as people of God can focus on is what will I do with my faith. And so, I don't know if you know this, but 31 years ago, it was April of 1984, my dad baptized me right there in that baptistry. Over a time where I had struggled, I had wrestled, I had prayed, and I had thought, and I had been shaped and molded by so many people in this church, along with family and friends up to that point, and I decided at the age of 12 years old that I was ready to be a Christian. And so my dad had the privilege of baptizing me into Christ uh, 31 years ago. And so Sam, I want to ask you, how long have you been a Christian? Two years. I was baptized October the 5th of 2013, right there. My dad baptized me here. And Sam, uh, along with that, Talk about some of the feelings and emotions that you had on your heart up to that point and things that were going through your mind that led you uh, to that decision. Well, that weekend, or the weekend before I was baptized, we had gone on a deer run retreat to Camp Deer Run with our youth group, and I don't really remember the exact theme of the week, but I know we talked about baptism a lot. And the more I thought about it, I thought about, what it would mean to me if I was baptized and what, what my faith meant to me. And I realized very soon after that that I was ready. Hmm. That 
that's a moment, obviously, that will never pass from our hearts. Uh, it was a time when we were up here with family and friends from this church, and um, it was a special moment. And um, Sam, talk about some of the circumstances and some of the background of, of your conversion. I mean, for example, who were some of the people that influenced you, some of the things uh, that were taught, that nurtured, mentored you, uh, things along that line? Okay. Um, well, our youth ministers, Jared and Andy, have really had an impact on my life. The conversations one-on-one -on -one with them and even classes on Wednesday nights have really helped shape my faith. And my grandparents, trips with my grandparents, I know I go, to, I go a lot with my big daddy when he preaches at other churches during the summer. And sometimes he'll allow me to lead singing for him or the other churches will allow me to lead singing. And then one time in Linden, Texas with him, I had the opportunity to go up and share the story of my baptism. And that was, that was nice. That was, that was something that really helped shape my faith and led me to be the man I am today. I love that story about Lyndon. Last year when my dad was holding a meeting there, he told me a couple of days before, he said, I want to invite Sam to go with me uh, when I preach tonight. And he said, what do you think he would say if I asked him to get up and, and share about his baptism? And I said, oh, I think that would be great. And he said, yeah, but what do you think he will say? <laughs> I said, well, you might want to pose that to him on the way down uh, to Linden and not give him a long time to think about it. And that's exactly what my dad did. 20 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes ahead of time. And so uh, that's, sometimes you have to do that with, uh, with kids. But that, that was great. Um, Sam, talk about a scripture that has really meant a lot to you uh, in your life. Romans 3, 23 through 24 have meant a lot to me. And they say, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. What I, what I get out of that is, I mean, I know being a teenager and going to school, you, you hear a lot of words that you're not supposed to say. And I have said them before, honestly. But this verse helps to, helps to remind me that... Uh, I mean, everyone falls short. It's not just me that falls short. And that we're all saved by Christ who died on the cross to forgive our sins. Hmm. The other night when we were talking about a scripture that we would share, Sam immediately said Romans 3.23. And then he asked me, he said, do you know what verse 24 says right after that, Dad? And I said, yes, I do. And I was curious to, in his mind, why that verse meant so much and so Sam talk a little bit about verse 24 because we read verse 23 a lot we've all sinned and fall short but what is it about verse 24 that really um, sticks out in your mind uh, 24 is just I mean for me it just helps to remind me that like I said Christ died on the cross to forgive my sins so even when I do fall short 24 that's that verse is there to help remind me that I'm justified through his grace. Hmm. It does my heart good to know that a 16-year-old is already beginning to grasp and not fully understand because we'll never fully understand, but I'm glad to know that this young man has a concept of grace. Amen. 
that is a beautiful, beautiful picture that sometimes we don't talk about and speak about enough, but just to think about the grace of God and how God's grace covers us all is so powerful uh, to realize. And so, do what? There it is, right there. That's right. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because when Paul McLean built this pulpit, uh, we talked about different words to put right here because we wanted to put something there. And so, Doug, thank you for pointing that out. And uh, we talked about that very word grace, and uh, I'm glad that uh, he carved <coughs> that in there. Sam, talk about um, have you ever personally shared your faith story uh, with someone? I have. Last year at Sooner Youth Camp, which is a place that's really helped mold my faith, I had the opportunity to share with a seventh grader who was thinking about baptism, a kid named Jake, and he was, he was asking me questions about, you know, what it means to me, and I had the opportunity to share the story of my baptism, and I got to see him baptized this year. So, when Sam came back from camp this year, we were talking, we were driving around one night, and I said, hey, tell me about camp. And as he was telling his mom and I about camp, he, he really just kind of got quiet and then kind of teared up. And he said, he started talking about Jake. And uh, I didn't know all the, the background there about last year. And so he, when he started filling us in on that, just to think about how a year can go by and yet the fruit that came from that this summer as Sam was able to witness uh, a, a young guy just a few years younger than him, that shaped him tremendously. And uh, that was so neat to hear um, him talk about that. Talk about Sooner Youth Camp for a moment. Uh, tell everybody about what that camp means to our family. Well, I'm not sure how long the camp's been in my family, but I know that my grandparents have gone there and they were counselors there. They camped there. I guess all the years they could. My mom went there. My aunts and my uncles went there. Oma and Opa. Grandparents, yeah. yeah. Oma and Opa, Grandma and Big Daddy, they, they all went there, so. And Carrie's granddad, uh, who lived in McAllister, Oklahoma for years, helped start that camp uh, many years ago. And so this summer, I think they counted some 60 or 70 kids that were at camp that were there from generations uh, down mm -hmm. of, of family that had been to that camp as well. And so you never know the traditions and the things in your family and in faith that will help shape and mold you um, over the years. I want to share a scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can just listen. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is one of those passages that to me is very practical, it's very hands-on, and I know that for parents, uh, we love to read this because it just reminds us of our calling, but I want you to listen to these words in chapter 6. These are the commands and the decrees and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy, and you, and notice the generations here, you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. 
Then he says, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. You see how God is at work? You see how God's hand is at work with the people here, and he's wanting the best for his children. And then he says, listen, Israel, in verse 4, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a land that's large and prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord. All these things, as a reminder, look at what God has set before us. It's the best because he loves us. And we're to take that and each generation, we are to pass that down, we're to model that, we're to talk about that. As the scripture says here, we are to repeat that over the years. And so my prayer as a father is that Sam will continue to grow and that he will continue to repeat the things of God to other people. Just as he did with that seventh grader, and we pray the older he gets that he will continue to repeat that to others as well. And so Sam, I'm curious... And I want to ask you now, as we kind of bring this to a close, what is it that's keeping you close to God right now? I mean, here you are at 16, you have struggles, you just confess that you've said some words that uh, you're not proud of. All of us in this room have done that. I think it's pretty big for a 16-year-old to confess that. Um, but what is it that's keeping you close to God right now? at your age? Uh, kind of the same as it was before my baptism. Uh, just times with youth group, I really enjoy the one-on-one -on -one time with the youth ministers and the time I get to speak to them. And I, uh, my relationship with the people in the youth group, the kids in the youth group, has kept me close to God and family, times with family, anytime I'm with family. Hmm. I love, love those times. Those are blessed moments. Those are moments that I pray we never take for granted. And when you think about that question again, I, I want to lay a challenge before us. What do you do with your faith? Each one of us in this room has a story to tell. Now, whether or not you ever get up at a table like this or a podium and share that publicly, 
you have a story of faith to share with somebody else. And you never know the influence that your story will have on somebody else. And so a good way to talk about that story and to be reminded of that is to share it. I'm afraid that a lot of people have never even thought about their faith story, about people that have influenced them and things that have shaped them over the years. And I mean, just a whole lot of other things that come into play there. But you've got to think about that so you can be reminded of the fact that I really do have a story and God instructs us to share that. And so when you do that, and when you share that with somebody else, a couple of things happen. Number one, it makes your faith stronger. It makes you thankful for your own salvation. It encourages others in their personal journey of faith. And it strengthens your faith, and it strengthens your family's faith. I mean, just think about it. We're not here by accident, are we? We're here because the providential hand of God was at work and the providential hand of God remains at work while he is shaping us and molding us to be the person that he wants us to be. And so as we close tonight, I challenge you, share your story and give God the glory for that. And encourage your children down the years, through the years, while you're raising them. And grandparents, encourage your grandkids to do that. Sam is blessed with loving grandparents that are not afraid to talk about God. And that is something as a father that I praise God for every day. And we've had grandparents that have modeled that. And just as Jared shared a moment ago, his dad encouraged him when he was young, when he was a little lad, to do these things. Jared, as a little lad, I remember in Murfreesboro, Arkansas one day, the song leader, Travis Watson, got up to lead singing for the afternoon singing, and he said, now in just a little bit, Patrick Cannon's going to come up here and lead us in a few songs. And I was probably nine or ten years old, and I looked at my grandmother and I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I ran to their house, which was just next door, and I hid under the bed. And somebody, my grandparents asked me, like, why did you hide under the bed? And I said, because I was afraid that Travis was going to come try to find me and make me get up there and lead a song. I did not want to do that. But, you, I mean, obviously I grew out of that. Uh, I got over that. Uh, but the only way to do that is to be encouraged to do this. And, Jared, I want to thank you for encouraging uh, Sam and I to do this tonight and uh, we've been blessed by it I'm going to close with a word of prayer Father we thank you for the day we thank you for tonight and Father I want to thank you for my son Sam
and for the opportunity that we have been given tonight to talk about faith a little bit and just to share stories with each other. And Father, I pray that you continue to bless our relationship as father and son. And Father, may we never take moments like this for granted. You are an awesome God, and we love you and we give you the glory for that. And it's through Jesus we pray.